Hello, and welcome to episode 97 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMiniman. In this week's podcast, Sean and I are discussing the topic of project management, specifically managing large projects. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Sean, how are you doing today? Good, Les. How have you been? Man, it's been a little while. It has. I, you know, I guess the summer things kind of happen in whirlwind fashion, both at work and uh, in, in our own personal lives, you know, travel yes, and it, vacation and things. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I had a chance to travel to Seattle, which was fun. And I know you oh, were man. up that way too, weren't you? I was. I was. Weather's good up there this time of the year. Yes, it was nice. We had a good time. We had a good time. So yeah, Sean and I haven't uh, had any uh, spoke about any business topics in probably a month or so, and so uh, we're uh, we're going to dive back into it. And what we thought we would talk about today is um, so I'm going to title this one as projects. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's a good topic or not. But I think uh, that's maybe like bold and italicized projects. There you go, projects. You know, yeah. so I and I and I wanted to focus not necessarily on your business projects, you know, the projects for customers. Uh, you know, again, reminding that our 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 customer base, our listener base that we are both in a manufacturing uh, type environment. So when we talk about projects, we could be potentially talking about projects that support uh, you know, fulfilling a customer's requirement or projects that um uh, involve elevating the operation, improving the way you do business, uh, process improvement. And those are the projects that I want to talk about today. Yeah. Internal okay. projects. So internal projects. So, you know, um, I have been fortunate or unfortunate, whichever way you want to look at it. And I'm sure a lot of people will have a, an opinion on this to, to be involved in several, um, well, through my mm-hmm. career, lots of, lots of different projects, but I've been involved in several ERP type projects where I was either involved in implementing a brand new ERP or upgrading the, the existing ERP. And so, you know, I didn't necessarily want to talk about ERP specifically, but, you know, just using it as an example, I wanted to kind of cover, you know, the key components or the, or the key aspects to actually, um, engaging a project and, you know, finishing out a project and what are all the aspects of performing a project that you should, you know, do during, you know, during a project activity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think, you know, not, you could use ERP. I'm in the same boat as you either, either new ones are upgrading or adding on modules and things like that. So ERP is good, is a good example, but I mean, this, I think this conversation where I'd like to go with it too is, you know, an acquisition. So if, if you're, if, oh, sure. if you're lucky enough to be involved in, in your company's acquisition of another company, um, you know, what are the expectations? How do you drive through it? How do you get satisfaction and a completion? You know, cause that, that's, you know, we could go through the definition, uh, the PMP definition of a project. Um, and I think we have in the past, you know, but, but that's, that's all well and good on paper, you know, a, a beginning and an end and the scope and all of this stuff. And it's, it's uh, short term. So all those definitions of a project are fine, but really when you get down to the nuts and bolts of, of supplying 
and supporting your customer with your business, but then doing internal projects to improve your business or add on to your business, you know, that's uh, it's a lot to juggle. So, you know, I think the first thing I want to touch on is, is you know, why the importance of controlling a project and having a, a clear plan. Because the flip side of not having a clear plan is a chaotic is a chaotic project. And we all know what a chaotic project's going to do to you. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, literally, it can turn into a mess. So, so when you're thinking about, especially the large projects we're talking about, so you're, you're looking at either an acquisition or you're looking at an ERP upgrade or you're looking at, um, uh, redoing a complete, yeah. a complete process, a new yeah. product. New product, yeah. new product, right? Yeah. You know, the, 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 without a plan, you're going to fail. And I would say there are two key, two, the two biggest things that I would, that I would kind of scope the whole thing would be having a plan and communicating. Those are the two biggest areas and you can't communicate enough on some of these large right. projects. You know, right, so, so let's, let's start, let's start from the beginning. Like maybe okay. like, I, of course I've got my own, my own ideas. Um, and, and, like I'll ask you questions and you don't have to refer to the project you're working on, but we can have the discussion. So, sure. so who generates the plan, the the leadership team, right? Over, so over I think, the area, right? So I think the leadership team has got to scope the concept. Yeah, They don't okay. necessarily have, they don't necessarily have to come up with the full plan. In fact, usually you wouldn't want them to come up with the full plan. You need to, you need leadership to say, look, we're going to be doing this. It needs to happen roughly in this time frame. Here are the key components. Here's the the needs. Here's the, the what we expect in the finish. Right. So I think they come up with the kind of the overall. Um, trying to think of what the word would be for the overall well, the boundary uh, scope. conditions and scope. Yeah, boundary conditions and scope. I think from there they've got to assign an owner. You well, definitely okay. have to have an owner. That's right. got to be clear. So let's let's slow down. See, yeah. okay. sure. So, and the reason that I wanted to say that is because you need to get the buy-in and the understanding of the expectation expectations. The first place that has to be clear with with scope and expectations and communication is with that is with that team setting the boundary conditions of the project. Because if you go to that next step where they have an owner, and that's what I was I was going to go next. You got a leader of the of the the project. Okay, but that leader has to have the full understanding, communication, and backing of the key stakeholders. We'll call them the key stakeholders of the project. Agreed. Right? Right? Now, do, now, are you saying there's a team existing already? No, no, no. But like, oh, so, oh, okay, so, okay. so you're going to put an you're going to put an ERP. So let's use the ERP. So you're going to you're going to change your ERP or, or start an ERP system. Well. You know, the CFO is in there and the CEO is in there and the operations guy is in there. And okay, we're going to put this in. What are we going to do? So there's some, there's some work done to scope it. That's, that's the, that's the stakeholders that I'm talking about there. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. And they've got to document that, that full, that overarching plan, uh, for what needs to happen, what needs to get done. You know, what are the key components? Uh, you know, that, and at that time they might talk about, who do we want to have lead this? And roughly, what's the team going to look like? Right. But even when you assign uh, assign a project owner, I still think there's some research, some R and D that has to happen before he even selects a team and gets going. 
Oh, yeah, he needs to bring back to those. Yeah, yeah, so that he yeah. needs to bring back to those leadership, that leadership team, so that they can further complete out their overarching plan. Right. Because you're, what you, you're on the leadership team. You want that leader to to do that work and present to you what. And now this is the buy in on the other side with the leader. So the leader fully understands it because he has given you now the outline, maybe with the next level of of planning back to that leadership team to say, yep, this is what I'm going to do because this is what you want. And then any any deviation or discrepancy between the, the understanding of both parties has to be ironed out. Well, and it's and in my mind, the reason you do want to have a project owner in at that time is because you do have a a gate right there that basically says, "Look, that's that person's chance to kind of put a halt on things and say, "Look, you can't do this yet until you do this other thing, or until these two other projects are complete, or until uh, we've got these people in place, or until the software has been fully vetted, or until we have equipment in place." You know, there's 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 going to be gates all along the way, but I really think that's the first gate that needs to have happen because I do think, and I'm and I'm trying to think of how to say this in a in a nice way, leadership is sometimes removed far enough to where if you don't get some connection with what's going on from, let's say, the person that you do want to run the project involved, uh, leadership is just going to ask for pie in the sky and. And, and, you know, usually going to just, um, you know, give it the basics and, and move on. They well, tend to over, they tend to oversimplify right, yeah. wrong or indifferent. That's been my experience. Well, okay. I agree with you. That's, that's, that's a very good point. And so here for everybody listening, if you're in on the leadership team or you happen to be the, the, the leader of this particular project, you have to be as, um, uh, let's see, a type personality as the leaders are that you, you can't be timid. You can't be timid in your leadership. No, not at all. Yeah, you have you, got, you, yeah, you've got to, you've got to fully vet this. And, and this holds the, the, the old saying holds true of, of, you know, if you start the project out well-planned at the beginning, the better the chances are that that project is going to be smoothly. Now we all know that the type of projects we're talking about here have, so many variables. It, it will have some issues usually, but if you planned well, they can be mitigated quickly, easily, and you know, well understood. Well, just like uh, just like any project, you should do a risk analysis on on what the what the challenges will be, and then how would you overcome them if you do run into those challenges. Now, you know, a lot of, you and I can talk about this for a half hour on you know between us on the computer. And, and I'll bet you there'd be a lot of people, whether they listen to this podcast or not, shaking their head. Yep, that should be done. That should be done. But what happens? You get into these situations and, and whatever we talk about right now gets thrown out the window. Hey, we gotta, we gotta acquire this company, get this information. Acquiring a company is a bigger deal because you got usually financing involved. So the accountants oh, yeah. won't let you, the accountants won't let you go, go off half cocked, but on a, uh, say on an ERP or something like that. Cause the, cause the upper management, they don't really care. They're not going to get into the ERP. I'm not saying that this is right, but in many cases, they don't think that they're going to be in the ERP system every day. That's for other people to use. That, that's so, correct. But, but you do realize that is problematic. That is problematic. And that's why, you know, yeah, that's why I bring I, it up. And that's why you got to be a strong project leader to uh-huh. say, Hey, we need to do this risk analysis. Hey, and realize that the schedule that you might think is a six month schedule is an 18 month schedule. Right. 
or no. that that the problems that are associated with this thing are not quite so simple to to realize and we need to involve this group or that group you know uh so i think that you've got yes you do have to have somebody that one is in touch with the organization uh down at the process level but also you're right that has the ability to communicate with leadership and say uh and be able to voice their opinions and concerns yeah and leadership should welcome that Oh, they should definitely welcome that. But they, but leadership's goal in this first part of this process is to clearly define that overarching plan. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think that in most cases, uh, those overarching plans are missing and or not communicated. Mm. That's been, that has been my experience. If you think, if you think back through, you know, our oh, careers, yeah. my careers, oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen that many. Oh, yeah. I really haven't. And, and that's, and that's just unfortunate. You know, so let me ask you this. Did you have a plan when you did your acquisition? Did you have a starting plan? Okay, good. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and so the last one that I, I, I was the leader of, I mean, and I didn't dream it up myself. I did, I researched and then I got some help from people that have done it more than one time. I had only done it one, one other time. So, so, uh, as a second time, I didn't think that I was, you know, as versed as I needed to. So I, I enlisted help. So that's, yeah. that's what you have to understand. But the thing is management then is, is there or our upper management, upper leadership, you know, Hey, you're the guy that's supposed to be, or the person that's supposed to be implementing this thing. Let me know if our plan gets off the rails or whatever. And then we'll, we will, uh, you know, find your resources or do whatever it has to take to get back on plan. And, they, and and you do, you get off plan. And that's why, that's why thinking through, and one of the points that I wanted to make was when you do have a leader and they talk about the hurdles that you have to overcome and the issues and the, and the resources that you need, when you are outlining your plan, don't just say, Hey, yeah, there's going to be a problem because people are going to be on vacation during the summer. Say, Hey, I realize that half the resources are going to be on vacation this summer. We can either bring on temporary resources or realize that the project will slow down during the summer, for example. So the thing right. is, don't just complain about things. Come up with what the mitigation should be. Right. Well, think ahead. Try to think two or three steps ahead of what the problems could be. So I think that that's really the next step then, right, is that, you know, once leadership's kind of put this umbrella over it, the the assigned project leader now should run off and start putting some meat to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to do some R&D work. Uh, mm-hmm. They need to do um, some, uh, uh, you know, communication, like you said, on, on your project. You need to communicate with some people and find out some best practices. You might need to find out if there are any changes they need to make. You might need to dive into some details and, and, and see how this thing is going to function. But in other words, you need, to, you need to get some meat now down to the plan. You need to start thinking about your team. You need to start thinking about your dates. You need to start thinking about your training. You need to think about your processes that will be affected. You need to think about all of that. And again, mm-hmm. invest your time. Yeah. You know, you, you got to invest the time up front because, um, you know, you know, I wanted to stress on this kind of the, both the, the, what you should do and, and why you should do it. But if you don't do it, what's going to happen? Well, if you don't put some meat to it and start laying out a, a reasonable plan, you're definitely going to fall off the rails. You're well, definitely yeah. going to have problems. And I mean, also, I think no one example, 
Right. One example is, you know, does your leader and do the, the resources that are going to work on this project, do they have a day job? So is this, is this a, a, a secondary task on their Great list? point. Great point. Yeah, so, I mean, because, that's one of the first things you have to realize when it comes to your schedule, your resources, and your budget. You know, because a lot of people will try to um, thin people out, so to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> They'll say, oh, we need to get this done. But, yeah, you're going to have to do your other stuff, too. I don't know. You're just going to have to work 12 or 14 hours a day. You know, you're just going to have to figure it out. All right. Well, that's, well, not, okay. really, that's not really a good answer. Yeah, and I, I would have to ask you, <laughs> yeah, who's who's ever leading a project with that type of mentality doesn't belong leading the project. Agreed. I agree. Because that, there, there's no real plan there. Sure, there might be times where you have to work 14 hours a day, okay? But yeah. but if you just, if, if you're there to try to, uh, let's see, uh, oppress or, or, you know, push push somebody to the limit, then that's that's just a poor way of, of leadership and management. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's almost like uh, you've got the, um, uh, was it the cheap gene mentality? You know, you're trying to do it the cheapest way uh, with as little resources as possible. Okay, you know, so so get, you get what you pay for. Agreed. You always get what you pay for. And yep. and it was is quite timely. On LinkedIn today, I, repo, I reshared or whatever a, a phrase that somebody had put on there that the, uh, dang, I should go look it up, that the, the, Joy, the joyfulness of uh, of uh, of a low price is soon forgot when quality isn't there or something like that. It had quality and price. You know, if you, if you don't have the quality, if you don't have the quality in your your project, in your communication, your process, well, yeah, the price is going to be cheap, but then you're going to be suffering in the long run. Well, and you'll you'll have all that hidden cost that just eats up all that cheapness, right? Yeah. So you'll be doing things, you know, double. You'll be doing, you know, you'll be, um, you know, doing things, you know, more than, you know, more than once. It'll be, it'll take you longer, all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's all kinds of things that are going to happen if you, if you go that route. So, um, you know, some, there are tools out there that kind of helps, um, with, with project type work. You know, a lot of people like to use, you know, the 8D, um, uh, framework. Or the the more, I guess the more famous one that's out there is that Demaic, where you mm-hmm. define, define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. Um, you know, and then you know, plan, do, check, and act. You know, that's the yeah. All, all the quality processes work for any type of project. It doesn't have to be a quality improvement process. It could be it could be just a a, a new implementation, but still the foundation of what you do, how you do it, how you record it, and how you communicate it are consistent across the board. Yeah. And and so I think there's some key components, you know, if you just take the simple one, which is the dimming, the dimming wheel, you know, the plan, the do, the check and the act. I think that there's key components that those things break down into that you really should make sure are happening. So one of them that we brought up is communicating. When you're going through a project this size, you really need to make sure you're communicating to your team, but you also need to be communicating out to the organization as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because when you're doing a project this size, usually the whole company knows about it. And if they don't hear anything about it, the closer and closer you get to the implementation, such as an ERP, they all start getting nervous. You know, yeah. people just naturally, 
And so people then start wasting time, uh, you know, gnashing their teeth and going, well, we still don't know when we're going to go live or we don't know uh, when we're going to get trained. We don't know what we're going to be uh, doing. We don't know if our functions will be different. You know, we don't know anything. And so really, you know, really waiting till the last minute to do that kind of stuff is not a good idea. You should be letting people know what the plan is. Yes, we're going to introduce you to the the screens on this day. And two weeks later, we're going to show you how to do this task and this task. You know, and a week after that, we're going to run through this process. You know, it should be down to that level, especially on a project that, you know, is, is that big. Uh, yeah, and one that that will involve everybody, just about everybody anyway, in the in the organization. That's um, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, it's without communicating to them, and it, and it really doesn't matter if it's about a project or about just how well the company is doing. You know, just it's good to it's good to uh, to go in at least quarterly and just say, hey, this is what all's going on, and sales are good, and margins good, and we're all happy. People want to know that their job is secure. Yeah. All right. So so communicating to them. On all different levels and all different topics is is probably a key point that, that can come out of this discussion, regardless of the project, uh, just now, in, general, do, in general nature. Well, I do think there are some projects that you need to kind of keep under wraps. I'm sure the you know that wow. acquisition that you did, you probably yeah. need to keep that under wraps. But let's say you're you've got a project in which you're going to be setting up a new sales office. You know, I think communicating out that out to the organization is a good idea. What you don't want to have happen is you don't want people filling in the blanks. Yes. You, you do not want people filling in the blanks unless it has some sort of, of impact, you know, financially and it's kind of top secret, so to speak. You really just do not want people filling in the gaps. And I think over communicating in that case is very important. All right. So here's a question for you. Okay. What would be the reason, and, and this, is, this is the question that you have to ask, what would be the reason that you wouldn't want to communicate a new sales office? Control. Um, I, maybe, maybe you're thinking that a competitor might hear about it. Okay. I don't know. Okay, good. Um, well, I mean, and the reason I asked that here, all right, I'll, 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 cause I was trying to think I know the answers to my own questions. So, yeah, maybe a competitor hears and you, you aren't fully ready yet. Right. Maybe your employees in a different sales office say, oh, man, they're opening up one kind of close. They must be going to shut down mine. You've got you've got uh, like reps in the area and they're like and, and they might think, well, now they're going to put a direct salesperson in my area. So uh, my job is that it. So what are, people are worried about their job again? So kind of the same thing. So so you always have to ask the person that's in charge of the project. Say it's a good example, say opening a sales office. And if, if you, if you say, well, let's communicate this to everybody. This is all good news. And they say, no, you have to ask why. Sure. And then you have to take those whys and you have to figure out, well, how do you mitigate those? Okay. And if there are things that you have to do before you announce it to mitigate the, the hurdles or the, the, the reasons for the leader to not want to communicate it, then, then do those first and then communicate it so that you are ready. Because the thing yep. is, the worst thing that can happen is, is if if there's a small clutch of people in the office that know about this thing and they're talking, right. they're behind closed doors, there's documents that end up on a printer and somebody sees something. You're right. The the average person that just hears, sees, or suspects something, uh, as as a as a um, an HR professional that I knew one time said, uh, they they get advanced degrees. They go to college yeah. again real fast and they go to yeah. MSU. 
right? You remember this? <laughs> yeah, MSU. I do. And, yep. and MSU is is uh, make stuff up. Yep. <laughs> yep. So and they, they make will. stuff up to fill in the blanks. And, they and will. if you fill in if those you don't blanks. want them, right? You don't want them to make stuff up. Then tell them. Yes. Tell them what you want them to know. Yeah. Okay. And I think you've you've got to you know know and understand that you've got an employee staff that can keep things under wraps. You know, if if you're needing to, you know, let people in your front office know about something and you need them to kind of keep it close to their vest uh, for two weeks, then explain it that way. And mm-hmm. hopefully you've got a good team of people that will do that because I think the wrong answer is not telling anybody anything and then just surprising them all and then mm-hmm. expecting them to jump jump through hoops after the fact. Right. To me, that's part of empowering your employees and making sure that you've got the right employees in the right place and can be professional enough to, uh, you know, help do what's right. That you don't have a, a huge gossip tree of people that are just walking out of the building going, guess what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, that's that's something, again, that that is in the culture, is in yeah. the culture. And it's something that has to be talked about all the time about trust. And if 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 you trust your people Along the way, when these big projects come up, you can trust them in the big projects as well as the little projects or the, the day-to-day activities. So. so I think another key component as you move through a project is, you know, how are you going to train people? I think that you've really got to think through that because I have been through so many um, projects that require some level of training, whether it be software training, whether it be process training, whether it be, you know, a tool or equipment or something like that, where the training has always been problematic. And here's why I say this. Usually the, lead, the, the project manager or the people in, assigned to do certain training will present the training. But in my mind, that's where we fall apart a lot is that we do not validate the training in some way. Because um, I think that, you know, running through a, a slide presentation or even running through a demonstration of it is just not enough for your average person. You've got to show it to them, have them repeat it, have them do it, and then have them do it again later. I think that's, you know, you've got to do that some sort of repetition and whether it be testing them, whether it be, you know, having them go through a bunch of scenarios, having them, you know, show you how the tool works right in front of them. I think there's more than just what I've traditionally seen in the past, which is, Hey, here's how you do this thing. Okay, good. You're trained. Go off and do it. All right. So, right. Here's, here's, here's my question again, because I got plenty of questions. Why? why I'm the question man today, not the answer man. (laughs) Why is training like that traditionally? Why, why, why have you experienced it like that? I think people are are in a hurry and or lazy. Right. Okay. So that's what I was gonna. I wasn't gonna go to the lazy one, but that's what that's what my answer would have been. That the schedule didn't allow for the proper yes. amount of training. And you, training you usually is, train is easy you, to set to the side. Yeah. You. Yeah. Because people don't value it. Yeah. And if you don't value if you don't value training and and training. And training the the people that need to use the system. So back to the ERP example. So the people that need to use it, they're the ones in it every day. If you're the leader, if you're the leader, you most likely understand what has to be done, as well as you know that you don't have to do it. 
So training for people, yeah, they get an hour training. Hey, we're going to go live on Monday, so we're going to train this weekend. Yeah. You know, that's that, that's what happens. Yes, it is. We all got to we all got to pull together and we got to spend the weekend and you'll you'll learn how to use it and Monday we're going to go live. That is not the way to that implement is, a system. That right there was a bad plan. That was a bad plan. But yeah. the thing is, the thing is is it a bad plan on purpose or did you allow your schedule to get so delayed that, that the go live date had to happen? Everything leading up to the go live date was delayed. And now you've only left yourself with a weekend of training. Right. And then, and then, and then what do you do? You, you justify it by saying, well, you know, that's okay. We'll be able to, to manage it as it happens after we go live. So that we, is the worst. Yes. So we talked about, we talked about planning, um, you know, scoping, uh, training, what other key component to having a successful project is there? Communi- well, we the, talked about communication. The planning. analysis of the results. There you, you go. Know, you, yeah, you have, to, you have to understand what if you had a, not if, you, you must have had a goal to, to do this and undertake this project. So now you have to measure and, and analyze now that Were you've you, gone live. Yeah, were you successful? Exactly. Were you successful? Yeah. What was the benefit? Did I meet the benefit? Was it successful? And 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 then you probably will have to circle back around and say, okay, are there any other things that need to uh, be addressed as we come out of this? And of course, if you're dealing with something as complex as an ERP system, most likely you'll have lots of plan, do, check, acts after the fact. You know, lots of little say. Sorry, Les. So let's well, jump on you. Lots of little yeah. projects is what I was going to well, say. Well, yeah, lots of little. Yeah, there'll, there'll be process improvements because it's a new, it's a new process. But right. what I would, what I would say is in your planning, in your, in your planning way before you've gone live, is the people that are going to do the analysis and the checking aren't mm-hmm. necessarily the people that helped you implement it and the people that are are doing the day to day. Because, because not that you don't trust people, but if, if somebody's got work instructions and that's, it's their job to input project numbers, job numbers, costs or something, are they following the process? They're, they are going to, they're going to tell you and produce what you need. Does it follow the work instructions? That's somebody else has to, somebody else has to, um, oversee and audit the fact that they follow the work instructions and it all works. Right. Because, if you if you allow the person that that does the the work to give you an output, they'll give you an output. But are they taking shortcuts that might have an adverse effect later on in the process? Right. You know, so well, so that's why it's a separate team. It could you know potentially be a separate team that does the analysis of whether you were successful or not. So, and that's why I really like the dimming wheel uh, as a reminder of the major steps that you need to go through. Uh, whenever you're doing any sort of process improvement now, you know, and that is the plan, the do, the check and the act, but understanding all the different things that happen within the planning that happen within the doing that happen within the checking. And then the acting is all the little circles of plan, do check and acts after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, you know, that, that wheel really is such a simple, simple, uh, visual representation of of how you should go through uh, one of these process improvements, uh, whether it's a large project, a small project, you know, whatever. It really it really doesn't matter. You really should follow that framework each and every time. And you know, yeah. and, and it's okay for you to have 
what are the details that are specific inside of it. And that's why we talked about some of the specifics, such as communication, such as training, um, you know, such as, uh, you know, figuring, analyzing it and figuring out, you know, did you meet your needs? You know, so there's lots of tasks within there and you can, you can kind of come up with some of the details that help make it successful for you. But I, I really believe that if you don't have some framework in place and you are flying by the seat of your pants, that is about as bad as it gets. Yeah. No, you need something to, to bring you back into some sort of, of uh, structure yep. and direction. Yeah. Because, because without, and, and you know, you might, you might have, you know, a framework and then you go about doing your business and trying to get done with what you need to get done. But if you don't, if you don't go back and say, okay, well, have I covered all the areas? Have I done what I was supposed to do based on the schedule and suppliers and everything like that? If you don't go back and, and, and like reground yourself, then you could be kicked off the atmosphere trying to, trying to reenter and lost in space forever. Right. Well, why don't we go ahead and, uh, wrap this one up right here? Um, we, we covered, uh, some very broad <laughs> topics. We covered a big area. It was know, like a lightning round. It was a lightning round. You know, there was a lot of key, a lot of good nuggets in there of information. Um, and I think with, uh, you know, for those people that do get selected as somebody to run a project, do your research on good project management, um, on, on a good framework for how you should manage that project and help leadership help themselves. You know, do, do the Jerry Maguire, help me help you. (laughs) So what what I, what it sounds like here is an underhanded way to say that, uh, that leadership are kind of, uh, inept and somewhat incompetent. (laughs) Eh, Well, you know, I've I've met all, I've met all kinds, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so, and, and, you know, it's not necessarily always their fault. Uh, you know, sometimes you do have to lead up, so to speak, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you have to manage up and, right. you know, it just is what it is, you know? Hey, and we're not perfect. We're, we're part of that team sometimes. And, and you, That's never right. know, you might, you might be, you know, just out in la la land and not thinking, but you know, right. somehow, somehow you have to get, you have to remember to be engaged, be present and understand what the ultimate goal is. And, and, and that the, it's the people that are running through the project and that have to live with this at the end that you want to make sure ends up being a smooth process. No doubt. Right? Because well, then sure. if you, and, and communicating, yeah, one more thing, I guess it's not only communicate what you're doing, but how you communicate is very important too. So that oh, yeah, a sure. level of, of research. You can't just say, hey, we're going to do this because we said it is and it'll be good for you and you'll like it. Um, well, and then, so, you know, one of the things we didn't touch on is, is how do you pick the right projects at the right time? You know, this is, assume, uh, we, this whole discussion right here was assuming that was the one project you had in play and you were going to devote your time and energy within your company to that thing. You and I both know that usually companies have more than one project on their plate. And so how do you manage the multiple projects and how do you sometimes have to shelf a project for a while before you start on it? And that for most leadership is hard for them to do. They just want it all, you know, well, hold on. Well, they you, should all a, uh, you should do a, you should do a, you know, a, ROI calculation on what sure. projects you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. There, there's a whole, you know, whole process there for picking the right projects and, and not putting too much in the funnel, right? 
So mm-hmm. well, let's go ahead and wrap up right here. We're already over 35 minutes in. You, that's longer than our normal podcast. <laughs> well, we haven't been on in a while, so we have a lot I know. to talk about. We had a lot to say there. <laughs> well, Sean, you take care, and we will talk Thanks. to you on the next one. And uh, I hope you have a good evening. All right. You too, Les. Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week. Mm-hmm.